Isn't it good to be in the Lord's house? Bless the Lord. Good to see Brother Eddie Gordon, my good friend. Many years. Love you. Good to see Brother Jonathan Shook and his faithful family, precious family. Hadn't the Lord been real good to us? Take your Bibles and go anywhere you want to. It'll be good, wouldn't it? Hebrews chapter 9. The Lord will help me on a preach from Hebrews 9 to Hebrews chapter 13. Taking one thought from each chapter. We don't have any sub points. I gave them up years ago. People were giving up TVs and tobacco and I didn't know what to do about that. So I just gave up all my sub points. They were the biggest hindrance in my life at the time. I didn't have a TV, and I didn't know, you know, wasn't really solid about tobacco, so. (laughs) I've never used it, but I'm going to leave my options open. So I gave up my sub points. Hadn't the Lord been so good to us? Lord God, we're grateful. We're thankful for Calvary. We thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, for Brother Mooney and this uh, flock of God and allowed us to be here. Thank you for this meeting. And I pray that your touch would give us exactly what we need. We'll thank you for it in Christ's name. All the Lord's people said, well, the Lord's been good to us. I just returned from England, missions trip to England, and uh, not even quite been 48 hours that we've been back. Uh, And I just came from King James Castle. And so I'm holding my King James Bible and thanking God for it. Was able to go, uh, stood in the little bed chamber where King James was born. And the church started in Jerusalem, but it restarted in England. The first 300 years was your former reign. And then she went underground all them years. Roman Catholicism so strong. And then here came that Reformation in the 1500s. And your Bible. That 1611 King James Bible that all the liberals on social media hate. Y'all ain't talking to me. You got to talk to me. That same bunch that's so proud they've quit the IFB, whatever that means. Close to the FBI, isn't it? That bunch that's went contemporary is what I'm talking about. And they're so proud they've left the King James Bible. Well, I got news for you. Old man of God said... You draw a line from Jerusalem and head up yonder towards London and stop at London. And he said everything that ever happened important in the church world and the secular world happened within 100 miles of that line. The church started in Jerusalem and uh, 
I know you can tear a hole in the terminology I'm using, but she restarted there in England, the Reformation. And now I know somebody could pick me apart on the words I've chosen to use, but I don't really care. I'm jet lagging, so I don't care what you think. But, uh, and, and I didn't care what you thought before I was jet lagging. First 300 years was the former reign, and then 1600 to 1900 was the latter-day reign. This is for the Gentile church. Israel has yet to see her latter-day reign. That thousand-year reign is coming. Thank God that ought to have excited you. That thousand-year reign is coming. Atlanta's too rich. America's too rich. We're the Laodicean church. Joe Parsons said, the best amongst us are breathing in lukewarmness in and out of our spiritual lungs. And it's going to take Holy Ghost fire to burn that lukewarmness out of the best amongst us. And that King James Bible, and honey, when God brought that book forth, everything right there in England, Our Bible came from England. Our revival came from England. Our preachers came from England. Our hymns came from England. Y'all ain't helping me. The world language came from England. 188 nations at the UN. And the official language is English. I've been on five of the six continents. I know there's a seventh one, but there ain't nothing there but ice and penguins. And, and, uh, yeah, they. Yeah, I saw a little Disney movie, and they were they were speaking English. But uh, so it's true, friend. It's true. Don't tell folks I'm giving that up next time we give up stuff. <laughs> but uh, oh my! So I've been and preached on five of the six continents, and guess what? I found everywhere I went. That English was the official language. Don't make me go through that now. I can go through it for 10 minutes. English is the official language. Let me kiss my King James Bible again. I thought I smelt a liberal on the property somewhere. Fixing to go to a little polo jeans, Joel Osteen, white and teeth, little contemporary early service mega church, wearing your shorts to church and, and the women wearing the britches at the house. Y'all ain't helping me. Outfit. You should have got me after I wasn't jet lagged, Brother Mooney. I plan on tearing up every church I see for about three months. Help me now. Y'all ain't. <laughs> they, they need it. It needs it. Well, got went through England and got to go to Charles Spurgeon's Tabernacle and got to go to John Bunyan's little church and where he was in that dungeon for 12 years. And uh, whew, mm, wrote Pilgrim's Progress. And uh, oh my... Got to go to John Newton's church who wrote Amazing Grace. Brother Gordon, I didn't know this. I didn't know this, Pastor. William Cowper 
Now, the British, I've been having tea. That may be what's wrong with me. I've had tea a hundred times. <laughs> That's it. Every time we slowed down, we had to have tea. Sit real still and talk real sing-song British and hold your pinky in the air and pray for the queen and I had trumpets and cord uh, lemons. But anyway, uh, I didn't know this. William Cowper. Somebody tell me what song he wrote. Jonathan, you're not allowed to play. Be quiet. Brother Gordon, you can't play. Somebody tell me what song William Cowper wrote. Shame on the lot of you. There is a fountain filled with blood. That was a song he wrote. There is a fountain filled with blood. John Newton, the children may not know, wrote Amazing Grace. Do you know they wrote it in the same spot at the same time? I didn't know it, Brother Gordon. William Cooper's house, that's how the British sat, sat right here. 400 yards was John Newton's parsonage. And between the two of them, there was a garden. And in that garden was a little shack. It wasn't no more than six foot by ten foot. And that's where they sat and studied. And that's where they wrote their sermons. And went in John Newton's church and William Cowper and sit up in the balcony and listen to John Newton preach. William Carey, the father of modern missions, First Baptist Missionary Society. Calvinists told him, God wants to save the heathen, he'll do it by himself. But God doesn't give him Isaiah 54 verse 2. Enlarge the place of thy tent. The curtains of thine habitation, lengthen thy state, strengthen thy cords. William Carey came to their little town, John Newton and William Cooper, at the same time and attended a little Baptist church and got baptized. <laughs> what do you think about that? The father of modern missions. John Newton of the Church of England, but he'd like to go sit in that little Baptist church and listen to that man preach. Oh, my. And our travels went on. We got to see several things like this. and So I've come. Now, Hudson Taylor is from England and that great missionary to China. And uh, John and Charles Wesley right there in England. You'd be amazed. God opened up that book. Shall I kiss it the third time? God opened up that book and revived the church was rebooted. And the church, she come up out of that long thousand year summer of germination, the seed under the soil. And 1600 to 1900, we had the latter day rain. Don't you think them Pentecostals are quite goofy claiming that they're in the latter day rain with all their women preachers and speaking in tongues and don't even know if they can stay saved or not? Y'all better talk to me goofy outfit. Well, my grandma was church of God. Well, you should have been ashamed of that. Y'all better talk to me. I got news for you. Our generation may be in apostasy, but by the grace of God, I'm going to do what I can do to let a light shine in the middle of it. And sound doctrine's the only thing going to cut the mustard. 
all this soft soaping and holding hands and Michael Jackson, we are the world. I know that was 30 years ago, but I'm still mad about it. Group yug, group hug, Barney the dinosaur, I love you, you love me. Goofy, dinosaurs ain't purple, everybody knows that. Are y'all in Hebrews chapter 9? Hadn't the Lord been good to us? The Lord will help me for a little while. I want to preach on this thought, by the blood. (laughs) Thank God for the blood. The life is in the blood. And and, and the Bible said that his blood was precious blood. Peter said that precious blood. We're redeemed with that precious blood, that precious lamb. Well, if the Lord will help me for a little while, this I've never preached it this way. I've been in Hebrews many years, but uh, made these notes some time ago, seeing the blood. And so in chapter 9, verse 12, you want to see our five main points real quick? Chapter 9, verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. I don't know how y'all could refrain from shouting. I really don't. Then I go to chapter 10. Let's get the blood verse here. Verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest woo, by the blood of Jesus. Mm. Now let's get to chapter 11 and get our blood verse. It's verse 4. By faith, Abel, Offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice, there it is, than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Now let's get our chapter 12 verse. Chapter 12, and it's verse 24. The Bible says, oh, what a beautiful verse. And to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh, I'm about to shout what I'm about to do, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Amen. Now let's get our last verse in here. Chapter 13, verse 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Amen. There's your five main points. Brother Jonathan, I need you to alliterate these for me, please, by the time the service is done. So the next time I preach it, it'll make sense. Number one, I want to say out of chapter 9, verse 12, I want to say uh, that uh, he entered in by the blood. I'm preaching on by the blood. And my first point is that he entered in by the blood. And so thank God, aren't you glad this took place? Chapter 9, verse 12. Well, this may be beating an old horse, but how about we just uh, bring out a fresh lamb? Amen. I know, listen, I study sometime behind the old boy out on the West Coast. 
And, uh, but boy, he really messed up, and a bunch of old-fashioned preachers got mad at him 30 years ago. Amen. When MacArthur, not General MacArthur, but Jonathan MacArthur, when he said that the blood dissolved in the dust outside of Jerusalem and was only symbolic, and so that riled up men for 30 years, and I'm still a little riled up about it. And I want to stop and say that thank God the blood did not dissolve in the dust outside Jerusalem. I like what old Berman Cape Sr. said before he went to glory. Nary a fly was able to land a germed leg or a germ little fly land his little leg on the blood. That was incorruptible blood. And it could not see corruption. Amen. From the time that he was eight days old and they circumcised that baby and Simon held him up and Sister Anna over there had a Holy Ghost spell. Amen. From the time, I believe there are 10,000 times, 10,000 maybe, little angels with little coffers, little cups created to catch that blood. The Bible said in the psalm that he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, lest thou at any time break, dash thy foot against a stone. Whoa, what happened to his blood? It didn't dissolve in the dust outside Jerusalem, but thank God the blood was caught and kept. And then one day on resurrection morning, thank God he crawled up on Calvary's cross for our sin. He died for my sin. He died as my sin. He just didn't die for me. He died as me. Our victories at Calvary, everything that happened to him happened to me. When he died, I died. When he was buried, I was buried. When he rose again, I rose again, thank God. When he ascended, I ascended, and I'm sitting together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Thank God I believe resurrection morning. I got different friends that have different thoughts and I'm going to let them keep their thoughts and enjoy them. But I believe on resurrection morning. Brother, he carried that blood yonder and he touched every world that you could touch. Mm. Thank God. That blood was shed in this world and carried to that world. He hung in the first heaven when the blood dripped down. Brother, he busted open that second heaven when he carried it through. And he opened up that third heaven and sanctified. You read the end of Hebrews 9. The heavens are sanctified. That's verse 23. At verse 22 said, And almost all things are by the law purged without with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified <laughs> with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifice. Listen, my sin was in the first heaven. Our foe was in the second heaven and our God was in the third heaven. Y'all ain't helping me. The enemy, the power, the principality, the power of the air, them devils running through that second heaven. Amen. Mankind in that first heaven. 
and almighty God in that third heaven thank God that blood opened up all three worlds y'all ain't helping me any world I'll ever live in that blood's already touched it and sanctified it and opened it up amen he entered in carried that blood carried that blood obtained our eternal redemption poured it out on the holy place Number two is in chapter 10. He entered in by the blood. Chapter 10. (laughs) Woo! I want to say the second point. I entered in by the blood. (laughs) Having therefore, I'm in 10, 19. Having therefore sometimes. I read them next two words together real fast. Brethren boldness. Having therefore brethren boldness sometimes I squeeze them together I got that brethren boldness I know that 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 I've been born again I've been saved I've been I got brethren boldness <laughs> Woo! I got brethren boldness when I pulled up on the parking lot, and then I remember that I preached here one time, 16, 17, 18 years ago, maybe 17 or 18 years ago. I remember you, and uh, I remembered a few of you, thank God. But uh pastor told me that 18, 17 years ago, sister sitting back here, I don't know which one, but said that uh, that night that God gave her the assurance of her salvation. Amen. Woo! Believe I'll preach another sermon. Run another race. Climb another mountain. Cross another valley. Amen. Fight another battle. Thank God. Maybe tonight somebody else will get some help. Let me borrow your Bible song, leader. You've done a good job up there. Chapter 10. Look at it. There it is. Verse 22. If you have that brethren boldness, see, I entered in. You can have that true heart. Verse 22 is what y'all are supposed to be looking at. Everybody but the song leader, he can't look at it. Let us draw near with a true heart. Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. In full assurance. <laughs> mm. You want me to sign your Bible? I feel like signing somebody's Bible. I'll sign Amen. Of faith, having our hearts, and he's using this Old Testament terminology, knowing that these old, these first century Hebrews would understand it. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Look at verse 23. I dare you to look at verse 23. Enjoy verse 23. Believe verse 23. Why don't, if you want to obey something, bunch of you worried about obeying everything, about uh, keeping something. Why don't you obey verse 23? Let us hold fast. The profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful. Seems like I heard a little girl sing that tonight. He's been faithful. Woo! I only heard two lines of that song, season after season. I nearly I nearly jumped messed up one of your pretty stained glass windows right there. Mm, you could take it out of Brother Shook's love offering. Amen. Season after season. 
Uh, and he's been faithful. That's really the only thing I heard. That's about, I'm about to run what I'm about to do. Season after season. Ain't no telling what kind of rough season you'll go through before it's done. But he's been faithful. Thank God we can hold fast. Because he's faithful. That promise. Don't give a rip what you prayed. Your prayer didn't save you. Don't give a rip what you promised him. That promise, you landed about that far. Won't you hold fast that profession? Brother Joe Parsons said, just hold that first one. He said it was a false profession. Well, it wasn't a profession then. You go to that first time that you ever came to him. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you feel. That first time you ever came to him with faith and repentance, he took you. You say, was my faith and repentance good enough? Quit talking, silly. If you just got a mustard seed of faith. (laughs) Was I really repenting? Why are you asking yourself goofy questions? Reason you're you're worried you're reading your word now, you were concerned then. You reading you was concerned then, you had a broken contrite heart. You were upset about your sin. You ain't gotta have enough repentance. Quit all that. Who are you hanging around? Bunch of goofballs. Hold fast that profession. Because Joe Parson said he'd been holding you ever since. <laughs> Don't you get me around some silly woman who's been saved 11 times. Well, nah, and then here's, and you wait on, she's coming again. That gal's coming to the altar again. Is he going to confuse 30 more people? Well, I thought all this time I really was saved. I thought all this time, but I've been playing again. Good Lord, I can testify better than you can about it. It's got quiet, Brother Gordon. Folks are listening. Folks are listening. Quit all that silly talk. You quit insulting God. Didn't you read how faithful he, Every other verse in the Bible tells you that he'll save you and he's faithful. Quit calling him a liar. Quit insulting him. Quit playing your little emotional, charismatic Baptist game. Read your Bible and get rooted and grounded in faith and quit all that silly talk. One time they tried that at my church. I sent the, the boy and his sister back there to see. Get off. Go sit down. You ain't bringing that confusion in this church. You come from a goofy camp meeting circle where everybody gets saved every time life gets tough. I said, sit down and be quiet. Y'all doing all right? Don't start that confusion in here. Oh, yeah. They've both been saved a long time. Goofy outfit. Won't you read the Bible? Why don't you believe the Bible? There ain't a lost sinner ever doubted their salvation. Sinners don't have salvation. They can't doubt it. The devil never sneaks up to a sinner and tells him, you better get saved, you're probably not saved. Satan don't want to be a soul winner. The only people who doubt their salvation are the people who have it. 
And they'll always tell on themselves. Yeah. By the time they get around to the van, they'll say, I'm doubting my salvation. I said, did you hear what you just said? <laughs> my salvation. Thank God he entered in chapter 9. I entered in chapter 10. What did it say? Some of y'all just looking at me. You can't wait to get to the next camp meeting and get saved again. And now I've done messed all that up. You hanging around preachers that are preaching conviction instead of preaching Christ. My Bible never told me to preach conviction. It's going to take a while some of them soak in that, Brother Gordon. My Bible told me to preach Christ. Quit measuring your conviction. Quit, quit running back 20 years ago and trying to figure out what your conviction experience was. Well, doesn't it take conviction to get saved? Yeah, but that ain't none of your business. Who are you, God? Tell me what baby in the womb sticks his head out and says, Hey, Doc, this ain't going right. Let's try that. Let me explain some things to you. <laughs> ain't no baby has a clue what's happening when it's coming through the canal birth. Right. Birth canal. Right. Ain't no baby ever comes out and says, I'm not sure that the drawing power was enough. You're here, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> There's enough drawing power. You got birthed. Anybody here ever went back to the hospital or the barn you was born in? We got some older ones here. Went back and said, I'm not sure I got born. Not sure there's enough drawing power for me to come out of the womb. <laughs> Pretty sure you're standing there, you got born at some point in time. You've been hanging around preachers that quit reading their Bible. Started trying to get everybody to do what they think they should do. And when they don't, they just tell them they're not saved. Brother Shook, you should have got the jet lag off me, son. Well, blame this on you. Huh? What are you doing trying to tell God how faith works, how repentance works, how conviction works? What are you, the fourth person in the Trinity? What did it say? Salvation is of God and you and your little circle of friends that can't ever figure out you're saved? The Bible said salvation's of the Lord. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, then you, you need to believe it. Y'all ain't helping me. Got a bunch of badness given to emotionalism. Got a bunch of preachers a little off track keeping everybody confused for several decades. God's not the author of confusion. Why don't you hold fast the singular profession of your faith because he's been holding you ever since. Number three. I don't know, I'm liking number two pretty good. You see why I give up my sub points? Good Lord, my main points last forever. 
I like that verse. What is it in there? You're still 19. Uh, Brother Jonathan, what's the verse that said? By a new living way, through the veil, that is to say his flesh, through the veil. What verse is that? Through the veil. Verse 20. I like that song sister wrote some time back. He'll make a way. When I can't find a way, he makes a way. Now, all of our carnal television watching Americans, they come to church and testify about a tire that God needs to fix or a transmission or a job or a bill and act like God made a way. Well, I'm glad he meets our needs day by day. But let me tell you when he made a way was when that Roman spear, his arms were stretched and that Roman spear run up through his body, that's the way. Blood and water came out. Eve came out of the side of Adam. A church came out and a sinner got in. Y'all ain't helping me. That's when God made a way when he opened up the side of the incarnate son of God. He made a way for you to get into the body of Christ, for you to get into the blood of Christ, for you to get into the heart of God. That's the way that's been made. Quit worrying about your flat tire and your transmission and losing your job and what the doctor told you. Our Father sees all them things before you ever even know they're here. Now I'm ready to go to the third point. Third. All right, that would be chapter 11, wouldn't it? Chapter 11. Did I see a bowl of beans in the back? I seen that. I went back there. Yeah, I seen it's either butter beans or pinto beans. I was I don't know if y'all are invited or not, but I'm the evangelist. Surely I'm gonna to get to eat some of them beans. Well this is good to know. This is good to know. Cook the chicken tonight. Well me and her's gonna go back here and eat a little bit. And if there's any brother Gordon can come too. If any left, y'all can come. This is good to know. Don't let Jonathan eat until I get through the line, please. (laughs) Rebecca, you can eat, but not Jonathan. Chapter 11, verse 4. I want to say, and we read this, Abel. Now, I want want to say something here, and you've got to come with me for a minute. Just stretch your mind a little bit. I'm going to say this. Uh, We got through by the blood of Jesus. I'll tell you how I got through. What song? I, I, we, I made it. What did the little song say? i tell you how I made it. I made it by grace. Well, if you'll come here with me just a minute, I'm going to say this. That I'm going to tell you how we made it through. We made it through by the blood of Jesus. Okay, now I'll tell you what I'm talking about. The first character in Hebrews 11 in this hall of faith is, is the blood. Abel got in by a more excellent sacrifice. The last one is at verse 32. Is Rahab. Y'all ain't helping me. Oh, if this was a soul choir, you'd done be in the aisle waving your large hat. What'd Rahab have hanging out that window? She had that scarlet thread. That scar- Y'all ain't helping me. I'll throw a pew at you, I will. Abel came with the blood. You got all them Old Testament characters. 
Is it verse 2 or verse 3 of Hebrews 11? For by it the elders obtained a good report. Yeah, verse 2. Me and you are headed for that judgment. Amen. I'd like to get a good report. And we got them saints lined, that great cloud of witnesses. Chapter 12, verse 1, call them a great cloud of witnesses. And, and chapter uh, 11 ends by saying there's a better thing prepared for us. Okay? The first character came in walking in with blood. I'm about to shout, sir. Abel came walking in this chapter offering <laughs> a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And Rahab's on the end of this outfit, and she's got a scarlet cord <laughs> hanging out the window. Thank God this thing began with the blood. It's going to end with the blood. And I want to stop and say that we made it by the blood. We made it. by the. How did Abel? Keep me in line now. I'm not going to be able to quote all this perfect. Abel, amen. He got saved and got killed for getting saved. And then there's Enoch. He walked with God in the middle of an ungodly generation. And then there's Noah, built an ark. And nobody believed him by the time it was done, but he saved his house. And there's Abraham. He obeyed. He obeyed. The Bible said he obeyed. He obeyed. That, that is the greatest thing you'll ever do is obey. Abraham, stop and say something about Abraham's journey of faith. Chapter 12 through chapter 20, he had quite a journey. As you know, most Christians can make it from 12 to 20, but they can't ever get through 21 and 22. 21 is where you cast out Ishmael. 22 is where you offer up Isaac. And 23 and 20, 23 is where God calls you friend. And 24 is where he gives you a new family with a lot of fruit. But most folk, most churches, most Christians, most preachers, they balk at 21. And they never enter into a friendship with God. In 21, we cast out Ishmael. Whatever you got from the flesh has got to go. Whatever you got from Egypt has got to go. And then in chapter 22, he offered up Isaac. After you cast out what you got from the world, and you've got to offer up what you got from the Lord. <laughs> and if you'll ever cast out what you got from the world and offer up what you got from the Lord, in the next chapter you can have a friendship, and in the next chapter you can have fruit. Well, there's a lot more in this chapter 11, but I'm going to tell you how they made it through. They got through by the blood. <laughs> Rahab's down there at the end of that thing hanging that scarlet cord out and that scarlet thread. <laughs> Woo! Only two women in Hebrews 11. Sarah! You mentioned up there in verse 11 maybe. She's the mother of the Jews. Rahab! The mother of the Gentiles. There was a Ruth come out from below her and then there was a Boaz. Y'all ain't helping me. She is a great, grand, what is it, Jonathan? The great-grandmother of David or great-great-grandmother of David? Rahab and Ruth, what about that? Yeah, she hung it. I'm about to shout. Y'all doing all right? I'm going to tell a little story about Rahab. 
two men came, knocked on her door one day and said, our king's coming <laughs> with a big army. <laughs> she said, I've heard about this and I believe it. <laughs> you remember the day the gospel came to your door? <laughs> and you were living in sin in the world. But two men, the gospel came to your, the witness came to your door. I got a little four-point outline. I never had preached it nowhere. Rahab, she believed, she received, she deceived, and then she conceived. She believed the report. She received the spies. The enemy came looking to kill God's people and she deceived them. She done the same thing God does when the enemy comes looking for you. God will cause her to believe something that's not true. He likes to send strong delusion, you know, to them looking to kill the truth. This same God put a lying spirit in the mouth of the prophets when the king wasn't acting right. Y'all ain't helping me. She deceived. And that was the works. She laid her life on the line. She stuck him in under that pile of quilts and then and then she sat on the thing. She said, Oh yeah, they were here, but they <coughs> they've gone <coughs> they've gone that way. Real fast, an hour ago. Y'all better get after them. That was the works. That showed her, she let up, she, she put her life on the line. If they'd have found them fellers, they'd have killed her. And I'm going to tell some of y'all, some of y'all ain't got no works and you ain't got no faith. The enemy ain't never been to your house because you didn't let the two spies in your house. You ain't met God or the devil. You're in bad shape. I'm glad I'm in this thing all the way. I've let God in and the devil come in and we've laid our life on the line. They may come back and try to kill us later. That'll be all right. If God be for us, who can be against us? And see, after she deceived and evidenced the works of her faith, then she conceived. God let her marry into that, into, got grafted into the Jews. That blood run all the way through. And I want to say thank God that blood running all the way through. Started way back yonder. And it runs right on out. It started in eternity past. That bloodline runs into eternity future. And it's coming by you tonight. And if you'll get on board. In chapter 9, he entered in by the blood. In chapter 10, I entered in by the blood. In chapter 11, we made it by the blood. Now I want to tell you what you come to when you come to the blood. Mm. If chapter 11 was all them law boys, they were all in the Old Testament, chapter 12 might bring us into grace. Because look what he's saying. I'm about to shout. Does everybody see verse 22? I'm in chapter 12. But ye are coming to Mount Zion. Okay, what's he talking about? Well, back yonder in verse 18. For ye are not coming to the mount 
that might be touched, burned with fire, and blackness, darkness, tempest. No, he's saying here, boys, he's trying to tell them first century Hebrews, when you come to the Lord now, you're not coming to Mount Sinai where the law will kill you, but you're coming to Mount Sinai where the Lord will save you. Eight things. You can see why I gave up my sub points. Eight things you came to when you came to Jesus. You want to see what they are? Here they are. Eight things that you came to. Verse 22. But you're come unto Mount Zion. Mm. Mm. Thank God now that Jesus has died on Calvary. When sinners come to God, they don't come to Mount Sinai where there's death. They come to Mount Zion where there's life. And, number two, under the city of the living God. I'm looking for a city. I'm trying to behave now. I'm trying not to preach three hours. I'm on my fourth point. That's encouraging, ain't it? I just stood there in John Bunyan's church. He wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Pilgrim was heading for that city. Woo, brother Shook, you should have seen them stained glass windows with Pilgrim's Journey. Pilgrim's Journey. And that last one, Brother Eddie, he's finally seen that holy city. And he's running towards it. He's fighting a dragon in one, caught up in the slow, the swamp of depression in the other, despondency. Oh, mercy. Should have seen old Pilgrim on his progress. Can I tell y'all, God knows what he's doing. John Bunyan wept and agonized. Why? They got his words. I went went through his church. They got a museum. He agonized what this was doing to his wife and family. All he had to do was sign the license by the state. But he said, I'm not a government preacher. I'm a gospel preacher. I don't obey this king, I obey that king, and I'm not signing your paper. Well, he agonized. What did it do to his wife and children? You know what the woman told us? She said, there was a great plague come through England, and it killed nearly everybody except, guess who was quarantined by accident? The prisoners. If you were in prison, you didn't get the plague because you wasn't out there in the public. What do you think about God? Lock you up in prison and you agonize over the separation from your family. But it turned out everybody else was losing their loved ones. And the little 85-year-old woman standing in that little church told us, she said, the prison spared him the plague. And said when he got out of 12 years prison, said he started a church right here on this spot and it was nothing but a barn with a dirt floor. But he had his family. And he had his flock. What do y'all think about God being bigger than we are? What do you think about God being wiser than we are? What do you think about all them preachers that signed the license, was out there and got the plague? 
<laughs> Ain't he a big old God? Pilgrim was looking for that city. I got news for y'all. I'm looking for a city. It ain't London, it ain't Edinburgh, it ain't Atlanta, and it ain't New York City. It's a city not made with hands. Whew. That's what I got. When, I, when you come to Christ, you come, when you come to the blood, you come to, you come to Mount Zion, you come to a city. And then he said uh, to an innumerable company of angels, I sure am glad there's more with us than are with them. Number four, you came to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Woo! That's why I'm assembled tonight, because I got in on an assembly in the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. And then number five, you came to God, the judge of all. You came to the right judge. Number six, you came to the spirits of just men made perfect. When I came into this thing, they some old saints already in heaven. Twelve one said they're a cloud of witnesses. When I when I came to the blood, when I came to Christ, when I got in on this, I got in in this thing with a bunch of folks that ain't here no more, but they're waiting on us on the other side. Oh my. We have a lot of mission work in Albania. It's Eastern Europe. They had a lot of sheep over there, olive groves and sheep. Late one evening, a group of preachers, we traveling to our next city. And we come around the curve and we had to stop at 400 sheep. I'm going to say something. Y'all better help me now. They were making the crossing at the end of the day. It was a sheep crossing. They were coming out, and I got video to back this up. They were coming out of a deep valley, a deep, dark valley, and the sons were bringing, there about four sons, they were bringing these flock. The father's house was on the hill. I got, it, I got video evidence. The father's house was on the hill. Large fields of green grass. And we came to where they were making the crossing. I'm about to slap three people who don't believe in tithing and shout for an hour. We stood there and we watched them make the crossing. We watched them make the crossing. And that old shepherd stood in the middle of the road with that staff. <laughs> And right in the last part of it was real difficult. They had to come up and out. And the weaker one struggled. And he had to help them out. We was all squalling. You ever seen ten grown men stand in the middle of the road and just cry? We did. I was looking at them shepherds. I was thinking of the day when all these good shepherds are going to take the flocks home to the Father. I was really watching them sheepdogs. They were running. They were guarding. They were guiding. One get astray. They've been, and they kept, watch this, they kept one eye on the shepherd and one eye on the sheep. I watched them dogs. 
And with a flick of a hand, that, that shepherd could make a little signal and that dog go, go fix a sheep that wasn't doing right. I looked over there and I seen every Sunday school teacher I ever had. Every little evangelist that ever came by. Every little, them little sheep dog, every prayer warrior that didn't have money to give, didn't have a, didn't have a voice to sing, didn't have the mind to teach, but them little prayer warriors. That's <laughs> watching them dogs. Woo! The servants of the shepherds. <laughs> Kept my eye on one little black sheep. I said it out loud. They got me on tape, video. What did they have me on? DVD, iCloud stuff. They had me on something. Because I didn't want them to say I made it up later. I said, fellas, there's a little black sheep I'm watching. Would you know out of all them sheep it come down to just four of them? Two big old mama sheep and a little white lamb and that little black lamb. And would you know that little black lamb was the last one to cross over? And two mamas come up out of there and that little white one ran and that little black one stood there. And then he come over. I said, there goes the thief on the cross. The last one. Out yonder somewhere right now, there's a one little old black sheep. When that last one crosses over, we're all done. Here's what I want to tell you about it. We couldn't hear ourselves talk. Because we stood there, we parked, came around that curve, parked in that road, way up in the mountains. And the sheep that had already crossed over, gathered up by the hundreds, right up above us, about 12 foot, and they were hollering at the ones. <laughs> they were encouraging them. They were telling them they missed them. Come on over. You should have heard them. All them lambs and sheep hollering. Ah! They was all just getting up. And them ones struggling to get out of the valley. They ah! The spirits of just men made perfect. There's already a whole crew done went to heaven. Amen. And they're lined up on the other side. <laughs> and they're a hollering for us. Keep it coming. Don't quit. Don't give up. Amen. It's good when you cross to the other side. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. I'm nearly done. Well, what else did they get into? You also came to Jesus. By the way, he's the seventh thing in the list that you come to. You came to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And the eighth thing you came to was to the blood of sprinkling. Speaketh better things than that of Abel. Thank God. All right, we're at the last point now. Chapter 13. Chapter 9, he entered in by the blood. Chapter 10, I entered in by the blood. Chapter 11, we made it through by the blood. Chapter 12, look what all you came to when you came to the blood. You got this alliterated yet, Shuck? I need your, I need your abilities and skills and talents that you borrow from Miss Rebecca. Now here's the last one. Chapter 13, verse 20. 
Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect. Oh, my. Don't quite know how to say this. And You see the word death. You see the word everlasting. It's an everlasting covenant. He done conquered death. He came back from the dead. I don't know how to say this. Y'all got to help me work on this last point, but we get to stay in. Y'all got to help me with that, boys. I, I know I can say it better, but that'll be good enough for starters. We stay in by the blood. Once you get in this covenant, you can't get out. Nobody wants to get out once you get in. He came back from the dead and he conquered death for us. Thank God I'm glad it's a no-so salvation. Saved by the blood, sealed by the blood, secured by the blood. Everlasting covenant. He swore. He swore some things. He swore some things to himself. Well, thank God. Once you get in, there's no getting out. Once you get in, ain't nobody wants out. Let me see if I got some young men. God bless that baby. I averaged two spankings of service when I was growing up. My daddy was a pastor. I'd get a little whooping during church and a big whooping after church. Great to be a Baptist. Let's talk about that covenant for a moment. I'm looking for some young men. This red, this boy in the red shirt. Come stand with me, son. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just come stand with me. Brother Jonathan, send your son down here. You're the oldest one. Come stand with me, son. I need one more little fella. Uh, he may be a bit, this young. Yeah, come here, son. Just stand. I'm not going to embarrass none of you. Come here. Y'all are going to be God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I need an old sinner that wants to get saved. Boys, I want you to grab each other's wrist. Like that, grab his wrist. You grab his wrist. You grab it. There you. Okay. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You got to understand the reason we have eternal security is really not anything that God promised to you. But it's what he promised to himself. Hebrews 6 said when he could swear by no greater he swear by himself. Timothy said, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithfully, he cannot deny himself. Genesis 15, you've read it, brother, that God made that first covenant. And he put Abram into a deep sleep and a dark darkness. And God, a burning, a burning furnace and a smoking lamp passed between those bloody pieces. God was swearing to himself. The Father swore to the Son, if you'll go, I'll bring you a bride. The son swore to the father, I'll go and I'll get her for you. 
the Spirit promised the Son, I'll, I'll oversee the transaction and I'll sell it. And there's all the promise in it. I'm, the Father said to the Son, I'm going to bring them to you. And the Son said to the Father, I'm going to bring them back to you. And the Spirit said, I'm going to go get them all for you. And they swore to each other, when we ever get one, we're not going to let them go. And all of them that's again. So I need an old sinner that wants to get saved. Send me an old sinner that wants to get saved. Send me one of them boys back there. God, yeah, there's a man. Come on down. I know he's already been saved, but boy, he wants to do He raised his hand. Come here, brother. Hey, look at him. He's coming to the Lord. He's coming to the Lord. He's coming to the Lord. And they're going to let him in. And now he's in. <laughs> and now he's in. And he's covered by the blood. And he's indwelt by the Spirit. And he's overlooked by the Father. And, and they're swearing not so much to him. They're swearing to each other. I've got him. You got him? Oh yeah, I brought him. He's here. Record his name. Wash away his sin. I already did that. Oh, seal the transaction. I've sealed it. Don't lose him. Let's keep him. Let's swear some things on his behalf. Let's take him to glory. Let's take him to that holy city. And don't ever let no wolves or no devils. And, and you know, he may stumble and fall, but he'll be right here in the middle of us. We'll pick him up when he does. Amen. He may try to run, but he'll never outrun how far our reach goes. Amen. Thank God. That's an everlasting covenant. God in his own blood with his own son has swore your eternal salvation. If you ever come to him, you're in. There ain't no devil can come get you out. There ain't no failure that'll make you fall out. Amen. He's always been faithful. Can you come back and sing it, Sister Paige? Come back and sing it. Thank you, boys. You done good. Thank you. Come back and sing it. Thank God. It's by the blood. By the blood. I'm glad he entered in. Because in the next chapter, I entered in. And thank God we can make it through whatever storm, whatever tempest. Amen. Let's bow our heads. I appreciate you being so kind and patient. I appreciate you letting me preach the way I did. I bless the Lord. You know I love you and I love the Lord. I appreciate you letting me preach tonight. Anybody want to come and thank him? Anybody need to come and ask him for some things? Maybe some of you, and I know I came down pretty hard on you, but maybe some of you have wrestled a lot with the doubts about your salvation. I wasn't trying to make fun of you. I was trying to make you see that you can rest in that great salvation. I want everybody to stand. Maybe you're in a storm and in a valley. You need to pray. Sing for us.